This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined by our new co-host, our new permanent co-host, Tom Schreier. He will be joining us every day. Well, every time we record. I hope it's not every day. I was told three times a week. It's three times a week, but every day we record, you'll be here, and, and, and we're excited to have you. Tom, you 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 brought up a good point in, in segment one. Um, Kirk Cousins yesterday was able to kind of bounce back from adversity in a way that we haven't always seen, that we certainly did not see a lot of when Mike Zimmer was the coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of stuff is connected. And there was a quote yesterday um, in the post-game press conference. Kirk was asked about the confidence that the guys have in him, Right. And I think all of this, if you look back at the, the Zimmer era compared to the O'Connell era, how Kirk played in the Zimmer era compared to how he's playing currently in the O'Connell era, he's hinted at this throughout the season, but I think he finally said it, said the quiet part out loud mm-hmm. in, in a way that fully kind of contextualizes how this season has kind of come to be for Kirk Cousins. Asked about the confidence, he said, it's a little bit long of a quote, but We'll roll with it. Kevin has empowered me so much. This team has empowered me so much. The guys have just been tremendous. I can't say enough about the way they have had my back after these interceptions. Support me all week long. Support me pregame. Adam came over to me before kickoff in the locker room, pulled me aside, and shared encouraging words. At times, it almost brings me to tears the way these guys support me and have my back. It really adds to the fun of playing and working together. If that's not a subtweet at Mike Zimmer, mm-hmm. I have no idea what is. I understand he is giving Kevin O'Connell credit, and, and Kevin O'Connell deserves credit for the vibes that he has kind of instilled into this locker room, to the, you know the confidence he's instilled into Kirk. But Kirk was basically saying with that, like, I played nervous. I played afraid to make a mistake under Mike Zimmer because whenever I did, no matter what he said, you could tell he was upset. That's not the case this year. And Kirk's performance reflects that. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I think there's two components. I think there's obviously the personal side to it. And like yep. Kevin O'Connell couldn't be more different than Mike Zimmer, right? Mike Zimmer, 60 something Peoria, Illinois, kind of hard bitten. Didn't think he was going to get the job, right? Like he, it, that, it's still the funniest thing about Mike Zimmer that it was like, wait, you almost like passed up the interview. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. get the job you held for what eight years or whatever um there was something admirable about, uh, about him in terms of like he was a defensive genius and and at one point like fans loved him right um i think his his time here has been tainted kind of by those last two seasons but sure. he's not he's a guy harrison smith and patrick peterson and anthony barr and eric kendricks would love right although although kendricks it seemed like kind of turned on him at the end but like you know i get why the defensive players would like him i think the thing with o'connell is obviously this culture he's created i know he he kind of acknowledged how that becomes cliche but like they've done something right because within four days they corrected a a big big mistake on, on sunday against Dallas. so like um you know i think there's that side of it i think there's also a practical side that like some of what the offense was doing um kind of look at all these offensive coordinators he went through or whatever but like some of it worked for cousins i think you know like um he does he's better at play action o'connell has treated him less like stafford i don't want i'm not i'm not making like a jared goff comparison here but like on the spectrum between the stafford offense and the goff 
Cousins is more on that golf side of the spectrum. It's it's more under center. He's, you know, Connell's catering to a less mobile quarterback who who can go through multiple reads. But like you think of all those like big sets or whatever they were running at some point, like Kirk probably looks around. I mean, there were some empty backfields and stuff in certain plays in this game. And like he's probably like, yeah, it's cool. They have like three receivers out there, you know, instead <laughs> of like three tight ends and a fullback, you know, or whatever. Like um, and I think, you know, yeah, they, there were times where Kirk would force a check down when the receivers were open and now it feels we still see check downs. There's still plays where like he kind of makes a perplexing throw, but it does feel more and more like when he throws a check down, he's progressed through his reads thoroughly. Um, it's also pretty impressive that like, it's hard to be really like harsh on cousins after that Dallas game, because Dallas clearly saw what Washington did and was like, we're good enough to do that. We're good enough to get in the backfield, be disruptive. They're better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, the Patriots did the same thing. So it's good coaching in some ways that they protected him. But also you saw Cousins willing to take hits, willing to hold the ball. I mean, there were times he got it out like milliseconds before he was about to get hit, yep. right? And I think in some ways, I think there was a bit of a mentality of like default to Jefferson. We, we talked about that in the first segment. But that's tough to do for a guy who is so academic and how he like prepares and probably would want a little more time in the pocket and stuff. So um the enabling is both like a, a personal thing that O'Connell believes in cousins. I know they only worked together for a little bit, but like he believed in him. Um, he got the players kind of behind him too. And then I think there's also this like more technical side of like, he just has more targets to throw to the O-line held up early in the season. And like, you know, something's gotten through to him that like you can throw to Justin Jefferson and double coverage. And he started to do that. Yeah. I think that is a good point. Like, Kevin O'Connell has played a large role in this development and this kind of Kirk Cousins taking the next step in his, his progression as a quarterback in the NFL. But like, yeah, Justin Jefferson's dominance has also helped take yeah. it, helped kind of him get to that next level. It, it's when you have a guy like that, you can throw him the ball. Um, and it doesn't matter who your coach is. Um, he's going to make plays, but it does matter who your coach is that he allows that scheme or that, that opportunity to kind of make those plays. I think a lot of times with Mike Zimmer, you saw, let's just run the football. Let's control the clock. Let's keep my defense fresh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whereas this is, and, and Kevin O'Connell hasn't, hasn't pitched a bunch of perfect games. He's made mistakes and, mm -hmm. and he's been the first to admit it. Um, but you look at like kind of the things he's done and Kirk made a good point yesterday, like to scheme Jefferson open. Um, Kirk said, you know, Justin Jefferson can be the greatest player in the world. If he's double, triple covered, he's not getting the ball. So that's a lot of the times when you get him, you know, in a North South route against East West double coverage, like that scheme, that's Kevin O'Connell. That's the, the, the Vikings coaching staff working to get him the ball in, in ways that are favorable, even if he is getting, two guys on him right off the line of scrimmage. So the O'Connell kind of reach and how he's kind of transformed this team, it definitely transcends Jess Cousins um, because he's he's got his fingerprints all over this offense. But I think, you know, above all else, like the way he's been able to get through to Cousins is, is pretty damn impressive. I think the other thing is the organization has just changed. Like, and that's, I do believe in some ways, like O'Connell and Quasey are just kind of buddies, right? And like, yeah. and like there is the, uh, simpatico. And to be fair, again, Zimmer and, and Spielman were that for a while. I, I don't think Spielman would have naturally drafted cornerbacks over and over again in the yeah. first round. But, um, and obviously that fell apart late. But, um, 
the fact that you think of like the half measure uh, Spielman took, like getting Herndon with the fourth round pick. Quasi, like, now granted, I still don't know why Detroit made this trade, but like, yeah, just went all out right at the deadline. I mean, that's like an NBA style, like, hey, we're getting someone, man, you know, like, and Justin Jefferson's the game breaker, right? But like, Hawkinson's a really special player, um, and also like a perfect. He's, I think, kind of what they wanted Irv Smith to be in the offense, right? He's a perfect mix for this, like, this McVeigh scheme or whatever. And so to go get him in a year where I'm convinced, like, Thielen, Thielen's got to be hurt. And I don't know if it's something that, like, you can kind of treat it. But, like, when he walks off the field, he looks, like, hurt, hurt, and somehow goes back out and plays. Yeah. Um. So, like, if we kind of see Thielen as, like, becoming kind of this receiver three, like, they went and got, got a viable second receiver who's also a tight end, right? With, with Hawkinson. And so like that also gives you confidence, right? That's an action, you know, that's an actionable thing. They, they gave up draft capital to go get him. And I think that also has to empower him. I understand they couldn't do much with, they, they drafted Earth Smith and you can't do anything about his injuries, but that's an aggressive trade I just haven't seen before. And that's giving cousins a thumbs up, right? And saying, Hey, if you have the weapons, you can go make something happen. And he has. For sure. And, and, while we've kind of made a lot of, of Kirk's ability and, and willingness to throw to Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, you couldn't create a player in a lab that, that mm-hmm. is someone that Kirk Cousins likes to throw the ball to more. Run mm-hmm. short routes over the middle, is there on the check down. The tight end screen is something they've used a lot of this year already, even before TJ Hawkinson. Um, the little throwback across the formation for the one-yard touchdown yesterday. All of these things that TJ Hawkinson does well is – the type of throws that Kirk cousins likes to make. So mm-hmm. you're right. Like it's, it's, it's more proof and more like they are building around cousins. They're giving him the keys to this car and, and he's driving it right now. He's driving it. Well, I'm interested to see how, how the rest of this season plays out. I think that jets game coming up in nine, 10 days is going to be pretty imp- like mm-hmm. a, a pretty good test. It's the New York Jets, So it doesn't seem like it, but, if there's one guy I think left on the schedule that might be able to bother Justin Jefferson, I don't think anyone by himself can really take him out of the game, even mm-hmm. though we've seen at times this season him kind of schemed out of a game. I think Sauce Gardner is someone who is mm-hmm. going to really, really test the Vikings offense in, in a way where I think the Jets are just going to say Sauce on, on JJ and we'll, we'll do the rest with, you know, the, the offense at hand, but that's where a guy like TJ Hawkinson comes in. Um, and that's where I think giving Kirk these, these, these options and, and this level of confidence that like, Hey, we're building this thing around you. We're getting guys that you like. Um, I think that could kind of elevate the Vikings to a level, um, that we haven't seen in a few years. Um, so excited to see kind of how the rest of this season plays out. Tom, anything else you want to add about this game? Because like, I think there's a lot of the different ways we can take this. Um, but at the end of the day, a 33, 26 win and, and kind of get this one, you know, in your back pocket and move on. The fun, I mean, the funniest thing about the Vikings is they triumphantly went back to what they were. And we got to be clear what that is like a small margin of victory. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like keeping everyone on the seat of their pants kind of will probably, you know, they'll kind of play to the level of their competition. It, it seems like, and I, the only concern with that is that we saw big win against Buffalo in kind of typical Vikings fashion, maybe a little more dramatic, right? But by one score and all that in the overtime, bad loss to Dallas, 
bounce back to what they were. It, this felt like a familiar game against the Patriots in a good way, right? And then you can't like revert back against the Jets. And the problem is the Jets yes. are kind of trappy in that sense that like, yes, you have 10 you know days to prepare or whatever, but like they're a good defense. There's obviously a quarterback issue. Um, I don't know what Mike White is, but also sometimes like those guys are sneaky good in their first game. Like I yeah. think because like there's not much tape or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, they they have the same problem that existed throughout the seven game winning streak that you're like, well, if you're just sneaking by Detroit and you're like Washington's giving you trouble and, you know, Chicago comes back into a game they never should have let Chicago back into is something going to give at some point. Right. And, and, and it feels different after you've lost to Philadelphia off after you got walloped, right. By uh, Dallas. So they still have something to prove here. The, the best thing about this is if they go out and take care of business here, as long as they can concentrate, the schedule lightens up big time, you know, after this, after that game. But I think, I do think the jets game is going to matter a ton, you know, a home game, but also against a team that the jets also saw what happened in Dallas and, right. and, against philadelphia and even in washington so i think uh they shouldn't overlook this one for sure and i think the the mini buy will help obviously you got a little more than a week to kind of prep for that one to get healthy with with this thursday game this was a this three game stretch was the toughest stretch on the viking mm-hmm. schedule with buffalo going into or having dallas come to town and then having the patriots come to town four days later they got out of it two and one. Now we'll see if they can be three and one in this this large month that was always important. Um, we'll get more into that kind of next week as, as this season kind of continues to roll here. Uh, when we come back, we'll kind of wrap up this little Thanksgiving Day episode with something a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. Um, not a lot of research went into what we're about to talk next, um, but we'll get into that when we come back. <laughs> 